Welcome back to Hey on Trek Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about on Trek Frankfurt, the greatest club in the Frauen Bundesliga. Uh, I am your host tonight, Chris, here in mid-Michigan, settling in for the night in the middle of the state, kind of that soft spot right in the middle of the palm of your hand. Uh, I'm not alone tonight. I brought two guests with me. Not one, two guests, one, one full-time host now. Uh, the first one right down the I-96 corridor in Warren, Michigan, my good friend. Garrett, are you in Warren or Sterling Heights? Garrett, Metro Detroit, uh, how you doing? I am good. I am in Warren, although if I crossed 14 Mile Road, I'd be in Sterling Heights. And so um, <laughs> it's a fun adventure, which is still more fun than how our Saturday football turned out to be, but like like our, how our Sunday football turned out to be. I'll leave that. Yeah, we'll get there. You know, it's nice to have one football to follow right now since the American football let us down uh, so badly. It was nice to refocus the efforts on on track Frankfurt this week. Uh, Some good feelings, some bad. We'll get into that in a bit. Um, But first, we brought in a guest host for the night, uh, which I really enjoy. These are one of my favorite things to do. Um, This person I'm about to introduce you to. Uh, if you're part of our Discord chat, you know him, you know him well. Uh, one of the best takes we have on the Frauen, uh, also a connoisseur of good alcohols, uh, knows the transfer window inside and out. Our good friend, John. John, where do you reside? You're East Coast, right? Yep. So I'm uh, I'm originally from the D.C. area, but right now I, I live in Delaware and work in Maryland. On very much, I am right on the coast. I can see the ocean from my house. <laughs> That's a that's a I'm nice jealous of the right amount now. of seafood you could eat oh, yes. from there. <laughs> During the summer it is it is very nice. <laughs> nice. So uh, tell us about uh tell us about your on track Frankfurt story. Um why D Adler and and what what do you love about the club? What what drew you in and what has you sticking around? Yeah, so I guess uh the two things that really uh made me become an on track Frankfurt fan are uh the fan culture and uh Philip Kostich. So I, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more of a, of a late comer to Diodler. Um, I wasn't really a, a football fan growing up, uh, more of a hockey guy myself. But, um, you know, in, in college, I had become friends with a lot of people who were really into, into football. And as I was getting more into it, I'm like, man, I need to find like a real, a real club to, to root for. And I, I didn't want to you know, necessarily root for, for one of the big teams. And the Pocow runs in, in 2017 and 2018 kind of really drew my attention to Frankfurt. And, and so, you know, during those years, and, and especially in the 2018-2019 in the season, I, I started watching, you know, every game that I could. And, and especially that year, um, you know, I didn't pay for the Fox Gold uh, package, but we were on you know, either Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports 2 almost every week in that year because of uh, yeah. being in Europe and, and running deep in Europe that year. So I was able to watch watch a ton, and, and I just I just fell in love with the club, man. It they're, The fans are, are absolutely incredible. I enjoyed the way the team played. I enjoyed that it was, you know, a good club, but not one that's going to win every year, you know, one that, that's going to break your heart here and there. Um I remember the, the pain during that shootout against Chelsea. Um, but, of course, we've also had some incredible highs since then. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just love every minute of it. Yeah, we were talking before we got on the air about hockey and the pain that, you know, you feel. The ups and downs as an on-track fan um, that are just the incredible highs and the incredible lows and that's something you said growing up as a hockey fan. I know you and I have both experienced that with our teams. Um, there's so many parallels in the passion uh, of being a hockey fan in America, being a soccer fan in America, where those are two sports that are they're, they're the minority favorites in this country. Um, but those that follow are really passionate about it. And there's something about, you know, when you when you let the club pick you, you don't pick the club because nobody would pick to be an on-track Frankfurt fan. That, that, <laughs> that's a bad decision if I'm being honest. Um, but when the, when the club reaches out to you and pulls you in like that, you know, it, a guy like Philip Kostic, that's a hell of a, hell of a person to follow the, the club in with. Um, so in your short time with the club, 
you know, you mentioned the cup runs and was there a singular goal, a singular moment that sticks out to you where you like, where it just kind of soaked into your heart. You're like, this is it. This is the moment. Um, I, you know, I've got my moment. Garrett's got his, what was it for you where you said, this is it. I'm in, you know, I, I wouldn't say that there was a particular goal. I think the one, one of the things that, that really sticks in my memory and I realized this wasn't just exclusive to Frankfurt because it was across the entire Bundesliga. But in, in that fall of 2018, when there were the protests against Monday games, and I remember watching one of them where the entire NRW was completely empty, you know, and, and the protests were there against that, and just seeing the fans take a stand. And I realized that happens in, in a lot of German teams as well, but that just kind of really oh, stuck yeah. with me. And I, I yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Many, many great moments on the pitch, but but it's really the off the pitch stuff that that really, really made me fall in love with this this club. Yeah, you you know, it, you walk into the store for one thing, and you come out buying you know everything. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the way it works. You you get sucked in, and you're all in. Um, you were recently on a trip to Europe <laughs> and had the opportunity to go to the Frauen match uh, at Benfica, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not the happiest memory, but <laughs> tell us about uh, that, the Champions League experience there. Oh, it was great. No, it was funny. My uh, One of my friends, one of my good friends was uh, was visiting Prague at the time, and I have another friend who lives there, and so I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll join you guys, but I was looking at the the use, the Women's Champions League schedule, and I'm like, man, our game against Benfica is right before that. I got I to gotta hit up Lisbon first. So I, uh, you know, I went to Lisbon with another one of my friends and, and we went to that game and, you know, it was funny. I, it, it kind of sucks that, uh, there's no alcohol allowed in a uh, Portuguese stadium. We actually had a banner taken down in the away section that was protesting against that. Uh, if they had written that in German, <laughs> it probably wouldn't have been taken down, but you know, but no, it was, it was yeah. absolutely incredible. Um, you know, we had a couple hundred people in the away section you know, we're the only ones in, in the upper bowl. Our tickets were technically 50 cents more expensive than the regular tickets. But, you know, no, it was, it was so much fun. And and the energy was there in almost everyone in the away section. Like, we were chanting so hard the entire game, you know, standing the whole time. It was, even though it was a disappointing performance, a, t- a tough one. But, um, yeah, it was it was a great experience. That's cool. That's cool. Well, let's get right into it. Let's break it down. Uh, Garrett, let's go back a week. Uh, first of all, I thank everyone for, for tuning in to episode 300. Uh, we got some really positive feedback from that, from some great social media sharing and following. And, and we really appreciate everyone listening to episode 300. Uh, all the work Brian and Nathan and Roman and everyone else who's been a part of this has put in is um, really a testament to the fan driven nature of the podcast and um, 300 was fun and we're going to go for at least another hundred here. So uh, without further ado, uh, episode 301 is available online. I think we branded it 300 and a half. Um, Brian did some transfer window talk with a very special guest. Um, tune into that one. If you haven't seen it yet on halfpod.com. Uh, but let's get right into 302 here. We're going to go back a week Garrett, and we're going to talk about the on-track Frankfurt Frauen with not a lot on the line. We didn't really know how to preview this. Uh, a trip to Rosengard in what you know might have been deemed a throwaway match, a rotation match. Um, but as far as the way you get the rook runner going, you want to go out of the Champions League feeling good, especially knowing 72 hours later you had to come home uh, for a tough Bundesliga match. So I'm track Frankfurt Frauen five Rosengard nil. How do we feel about this, Garrett? You know, I think it was good, and it was anything motivating for hosting that one uh, for at Waldstadion. Um, oh, my bad. Yeah, at yeah. Home. <laughs> um, I was actually surprised in the way of the amount of attendance that was there for kind of the even though we knew that there was going to be nothing to play for. Um, I think. 
you know, it was one of those, it was a match that we knew we were going to probably see some rotation. And I think you can kind of see that in a way. Um, some were forced. I think Laura Frage was out due to illness. Um, so Shakira Martinez, uh, up top, Nicole Anyomi and Lara Prashnikar, um, Aladia Ashikaz getting another start, um, you know, making it two games in a row with a goal of a great, great goal, um, to open things up. Um, you know, it was a grind in that first half in a way because Rosengard was um, doing enough to make sure we couldn't add to that, add to what we started early on. But then we got that second goal, uh, Nicole Anyomi on a breakaway, uh, on a breakaway, and then that just opened the doors. Shakira Martinez getting one. She had a great match throughout, um, a goal and an assist. Um, then uh, Gravo uh, making it four nil. Lasan Gravo, um, and then Jaredine Reutler getting one. Uh, great ball in by Nadine Reeson. Um, so, you know, I think. Am I disappointed in that we didn't get out of the group? Yes, but I think it is a great sign in that we didn't keep our heads down because we could have easily just thrown this one away. And just treat it like a glorified practice session. Like I think we were kind of thinking this match was in a way, but um, it just shows you that a kick or two the other way in some other matches, maybe we'd be moving on. And I think that can motivate them for next year. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was important to get ahead early in this one. Um, and the goal by Iliada uh, Achikog, I'm really screwing her name up. <laughs> Fix it, Garrett. Aladia Achikaz. Achikaz, there we go. Um, if you haven't seen her goal, go back and look at that YouTube highlights. It's an outstanding, outstanding goal there. She's been a real good bright spot in her uh, the start of her career for Frankfurt. Um, but I thought it was important to get that early one and the way it just kind of settled everything in. And from that point forward, it wasn't a matter of if. It was just kind of seeing the clock out. And once the floodgates opened in that second half, Anyomi Martinez, I really thought at that point that was going to be good news for the weekend. Um, you know, it, it's a situation where nobody wants to go out and to know you're not advancing very easily could have turned the other way, but it does show a level of maturity. Um, John, as you've, you know, watched the Frauen and the, the awful loss at Ajax <laughs> in the, the Champions League playoff last year. Um, getting to the group stage this year and, you know, coming up short, they're not a young team anymore. Um, they're now experienced and Champions League experienced at that. Um, is this, obviously there'll be a lot of movement between now and a year from now, but is this the floor going forward? I mean, is there any reason to expect that advancing from the league should be the standard going forward, especially given the history of the club. Yeah, this absolutely has to be the floor going forward. You know, this team has really been built ever since the merger with Arista FFC to compete in a handful of years, right? You know, the, the team is now mostly filled with players in that 23 to 26 range. I think, you know, that's, that's really hitting the prime of, of their games and in this of their year, you know, their playing careers. And it's really been the plan all along. And, you know, even though we didn't make it out of the group this year, we probably should have, we really should have beaten Benfica at home and that would have gotten us through. But, um, you know, this team is, is so good there and they faced so much adversity in the champions league. Now, you know, from that defeat in Ajax, that was just pure heartbreak at the end. And, and having to face Barcelona in the group stage this year and, and playing well in those games, I think is really going to teach all, all these girls a lot. And I think going forward, absolutely, the floor has to be, and I think it will be, being at least that third place team in the league. And I think next year, you know, we absolutely could have the possibility of making it out of the group. Yeah, and that should be the standard. Uh, it yeah. would help a lot if we could go directly to group qualification through the league. Mm -hmm. um, but we got a lot of work to do on that front and we'll get into that a bit later. Um, we're going to go chronological here and I don't want to go here, but we have to, we have to talk about the Saturday disappointment, the meltdown really uh, <sighs> two nil at Cologne. 
on track Frankfurt men's side, not uh, taking the toughness notes from the women's side, just kind of going through motions. Um, I'm not going to say it was all bad. I, I <laughs> felt like we were the better side in this one to a certain point in the match. And then frustration set started to set in in the second half. Um, Garrett, why don't you run us through lineup shape? Any surprises that you felt? Um, you know, I think the one thing um, that kind of surprised me at first on Saturday uh, when the lineup came out was seeing um, like Elsh Gary came back into the starting lineup. Um, Mario Goza in the starting lineup um, as instead of Ferris Chaibi. Um, and not only that, Mario Goza not playing as one of an attacking midfielder, but keeping his position that he was doing the last few games as a more deeper lion center midfield. Um, Hugo Larson actually being one of the attacking mids. Um, small Avilian Pacho being out, which, you know, I did we jinx it by because we were talking about him having played every game in the league? Um, yeah, I, I'm. Well, I guess the, he had already been. Suspended, I mean, I'm right? not allowed to pick clean sheets anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll blame yeah. it on me being all cocky about it. You know, his minutes played. Uh, but I think, yeah, John, there was something to uh, Shkiri coming back and trying to go back to what had been effective early in the year. He was such an important player to us. Um, looking back, did we kind of mix things up a little too quickly? Or was it just a matter of not being able to break through? Uh, I I think that changing, not necessarily changing the formation, obviously we didn't do that, but, you know, early in the year and for almost the entire year, Skiri with Larson had been the defensive midfield pairing. And obviously Gutsa had been playing that because of uh, Skiri being at the African Cup of Nations. I, I think it was pretty silly, in my opinion, to play... Gutsa deep, not because Gutsa's bad deep. I think he's been playing very well there. But to play Larson forward, it's it's just not his position. And I I don't think he really played well in that position at all. And you could see that our, our buildup just was not good at all, really, in that first half. Um, but I think that was we were timid. Yeah, I mean, that too. But, but speaking of uh, playing every game as well, you know, I think last episode you were saying that Pacho did, and then also Aurelia Buta and figures neither of them ended up playing in this game. Yeah, yeah, really. And, you know, we – there's names like Pacho. We haven't heard his name a lot. He's just consistently doing the right thing, being the right place. He rates real high uh, on challenges. I mean, he's he's a – quality professional player and then you get guys like tuta and, and cuckoo who lack the ability um when they're playing on a card to make sound decisions i have a hard time arguing against either red card uh am i wrong in that one guys absolutely not no they were just dumb that the, especially a, a lack of judgment especially the in cuckoo yep. one um I thought was more egregious than Tuta. Uh, but especially when you're down one, man, you got to be smarter. Um, you know, at that point, we we were down two guys before a goal was scored. I, oh, no, Tuta got the, the second one after the After it was 2 nothing, yeah. But that was kind of a point of no return. Even yep. after we went down yep. a man and we're down a goal, we're in possession of the ball, um, not – Looking terrible, you think maybe we can salvage a point out of it, and that two to one just kind of, you know. At, at least the two to one, he's he's jumping for a ball, trying to get a goal. I mean, I realize he raised his elbow up, and that was not smart. The Nkuku one was just absolutely egregious. You know, if he had just now, let me not ask this: reached out, it, it would have been knowing that we're a goal down and we've got an important player who we need in the future. Um, battling a card situation, but we have to be aggressive coming from behind. Is this on Dino a little bit for not subbing out your players that are in trouble at that point? Or is Tuta too responsible? We needed to keep him. There's not really a replacement for Tuta though. Is there is the, I think is the, is the main issue. Um, (laughs) 
The only thing I mean, you might do is put Hasabe yeah. in centrally and you push Cock to the right. Uh, but even then, like if you look at some of the sub decisions that were made, like Chaibi came on in the second half for Dina and Benbe, mm-hmm. um, which kind of surprised me in a way. Um, because if anything, I thought if Nkuku had the yellow already, Chaibi's been known to be a creator on that left-hand side. So um, I think that, in a way, may have helped in there too, but I'm taking a look at the FOPMOB ratings. Um, and even though we were kind of surprised at Gotsa being a deep line, Elish Scary 7.2, Mario Gotsa 7.1, and this then this is where it gets ugly. I'm not going to name Sasha Kalajic's rating because you know he was an up-top guy, um, he actually had a decent rating. Larson, 6.1. And Cuckoo, 6.0. And Bembe was 6.6, but he got subbed off. Kanaf, 5.7. Uh, Cock had a 6.5, and he almost got a goal in there. Smolchich, 5.3. Trap, 5.3. Yeah, Tuta, 4.9. You know, I'll, I'll go a little bit positive with this. Uh, producer Nathan snuck some positivity notes into the show notes today. I promised I'd get him in here. He, he brings up a couple of fair points. Uh, we did see a little bit of more collaboration be- between Kalajic and Larson. It didn't connect. It didn't lead to anything, but you saw the effort there for it. Um, you know, once Kalajic really just gets that first one, I think they'll come a little more for him. He's not like a pure goal scoring type. No. It's the threat of his size and what he can do with it that's supposed to be the advantage with him. But we're not supposed to expect, you know, 10, 10 goals in the second half. That's not what he's going to bring to us. It's the attention he draws in the space that should open for Larson and maybe Knauf on the other side. Um, the other one, uh, no, the other one he brings up is Chibi, uh, coming back and being, you know, relatively, uh, effective there. I thought he was okay. Um, I wouldn't say he – Nathan said he looked better than in the Hinrunda. Um, I thought he looked really good in the first half of the year. Just It's kind of hard to judge players who don't put up stats because you're having to watch play off the ball. You're having to watch – you're having to rate them a little bit differently than you would with guys that actually hit the score sheet a lot. So, you know, measuring them from match to match is a little bit more difficult. But certainly I see what Dino's going for here. Uh, the shape makes sense for the talents these guys have. We're fairly balanced between the right side and the left side. I still feel like there's something missing attacking-wise up the middle. Um, what is the cure for this? Because 2-0 to a lowly Cologne club is not anything I want to talk about for more minutes than I have to. But there's got to be a solution in somewhere. Right, John? Well, I, I think part part of the issue with with this game was that Dina Abembe, who I really really rate, I, I like him a lot. When he has a bad game, he never really seems to be able to get himself out of that. And I think that kind of happened today, and that's why I got or not today, obviously this weekend. I think that's why he got subbed off. And I think Farish Shaibi coming on really did improve the attack a lot because he he offers a lot from set pieces where we don't really have anyone else that can do set pieces. What I think would have been nice would have been rather than, um, you know, when Ansgar Knauf ended up getting taken off or, or whenever to put Knauf out on the left and take off in Kunku before his, his yellow, because that would have, you know, Knauf is a more attacking player on that left-hand side, and he's proven to be good on that side, I think. But And I think Kalajic, you know, his game really does kind of rely on that link-up play with guys. And there were so many times where he tracked back and had it ready to release someone. And neither Knauf nor especially Larson were really ready to do that. And I think we need... Omar Marmouche back and and him to play with Chaibi more. I think those guys have better attacking sense, and I think that will help in in building up and being able to unlock that final third. And and maybe Bahoya could be a guy who who can do that. He is a really good dribbler, and I think that's something that we've lacked for basically as long as I've been an iTrack fan. Yeah, that I was my next thought. Not just 
Yeah, I was going to say not only Bahoya, but Ekatike Mm -hmm. coming on as well. I think you can see, um, you know, the creativity I think that both of those guys can bring and maybe an opportunity for versatility and ideas. Because now if we like, for example, like John, you were talking about, if we did our shape, that three, four, two, one we can do, you could do Chaibi and Marmush underneath Kalajic, or you could do Kalajic, Ekatike as duels up Mm -hmm. top and put somebody tucked in behind. <laughs> there's there, there's some versatility, I think, that could work now with this squad. It's just We just got to get it going. Yeah, and it's, it's going to take some yeah. experimentation, which unfortunately we don't have a lot of time for that with the uh, qualifiers coming up. But Yeah, uh, you mentioned Bohoya, Jean-Mateo Bohoya, and Hugo Akatike coming in for their debuts. It kind of sucks. They get out there in the 77th, and you're like, okay, this is the moment. Someone's about to be... <laughs> you know, a, a hero in their first match in their first 15 minutes. And then Smolchich with, I, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Um, <laughs> that I, I, I don't even have any way to defend it. It was horrible. Dude, his whole game was maybe one of the worst games I've ever seen from a defender. You know, I, I used to have time for Smolchich. I, I thought he was okay, but man, this game was just awful. The he offered nothing going forward, just like passing forward. He would always pass back, and every single time that they were running against us, he would be looking towards the middle at the guy with the ball, who Robin Coke had covered every time, and someone was there to always receive a pass to to be broken in, and and it burned us on on the Thielman goal, which of course happened because of a a terrible terrible pass from him. That was that was a disaster class, honestly, from him this game. Um, that game was just, let's say that game was so bad that one, I was incredibly pissed off that I think the clubhouse computer was a bit slower. So I was two and a half minutes behind all y'all. Uh, and I didn't even stay for the end of it because it's like, all right, I'm done. I, I'll go get to the bo- uh, boat show and work my shift early. <laughs> yeah. You went to work early. That's how bad it was. Um, but you know what? Uh, we have no choice, but to look forward to this Saturday. We'll get back into that one a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about what happened around the Bundesliga a little bit. Um, but first, we're going to talk about food and beverage. Here, what were you drinking at the boat show? Water? Uh, yeah, water, um, working some shifts. Um, I think I had might have had a coffee or two or maybe a tea. But other than that, it was good. Worked in the exhibit. I've now had more Jimmy Buffett. Uh, last, <laughs> so come Monday... Margaritaville, five o'clock somewhere, and cheeseburger and paradise are going to be stuck in my fucking head for the next couple of weeks. Uh, did you get any fudge? I did not get any fudge while I was there, uh, but I did eat like a champ because um, Saturday they brought in tacos from Mexican Village, and Oof, stuff. and then Jets yesterday, so we ate like we ate like champs. So, John. You yep. listen to the show. This is your opportunity to brag about what you're drinking, what you're <laughs> eating. What have you drank lately um, on your travels? And what's your go-to? What's your favorite? So, uh, well, on my travels, I uh, can't, can't necessarily recommend the Portuguese beer very much. But uh, as part of that trip, I went to Prague. And uh, the Cozel Dark is definitely one of my favorite beers of all time. Um, currently, stuff. I'm drinking... Coastal Evacuation, which is a double IPA by Cape May Brewing. So uh, just pouring my second one of those right now. Um, is that a local to you out there? Semi. It's it's up in New Jersey, but not too far from me. Oh, okay. And then, cool. Uh, cool. I don't know, recently I've been drinking a bit of, uh, of Laphroaig. So, some 1800 is my go-to tequila. So, you know. Good stuff. Yeah. Um. So I'm sitting on a, a safe one, but a good one. Some Bell's Two-Hearted IPA tonight. Ooh. I'm back at the back of the fridge routine. I've got a big hockey weekend coming up where I'll switch over to whiskey. Um, but right now it's clean out the beer fridge from football season. And I, I'm always cleaning out the fridge. I don't know. I never grab something from the front. It's like <laughs> always reach to the back. Uh, but this is a nice surprise that I found back there. This is the Bell's Two-Hearted. Um So we're going to take a break. We'll come back with segment two of episode 302 right after this. Uh, Wherever you drink in celebration of the Frauen or in sadness for the men, uh, we say. 
Welcome back to segment two, Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt, episode 302. Garrett, why don't you talk to us about what happened around the Bundesliga this weekend? Give me a couple scores. Anything surprise you? Uh, I know there were a couple out there that helped me pick up points in our prediction league. Um, yeah, so the week, the match day weekend started off on Friday. FC Heidenheim taking on Dortmund. Um, Nil-nil. Heidenheim getting a draw against Dortmund in both matches this year. In some cases, you, they could have even taken the lead in many of it. Um, Bayern survived Mönchengladbach this time around, falling behind 1-0, but getting three to get all three points. Um, Bauckham Augsburg, um, a Bauckham had a 1-0 until uh, conceding a penalty late. Uh, Demerovic again. Uh Darmstadt nil two to Leverkusen. Stuttgart with a, I think, a convincing win in Freiburg. Um, they're there, I think, in that top four, and now they're getting Garassi back. Uh, another big game for Denis Undav, uh, Furick too. Um, a great goal by Middlestadt. If you haven't seen it, just the way he took it and just a delayed chip. I mean, highly recommend like going back and seeing that. Werder Bremen getting a big win on the road. Um, Guys, they're creeping up now. Uh, ninth place, uh, tied on points with Hoffenheim, five points behind us. Um, and we still have to play them. They're in good, on a good run of form. Uh, Hoffenheim, Wolfsburg, you know, fighting, you know, two, two draw and both needed a win. They each get a draw. Um, and RB Leipzig getting their first win in the, uh, 2024 league camp, uh, part of the year against Union Berlin. So it's, um, I would say the Heidenheim result is probably the most surprising in a way, um, apart from ours, <laughs> but except us, because yeah. I think Chris, hurt, I think the per, the people, the fate, whatever hurt, that's Moody Diva, heard our thoughts and our plans and what we want to do. And to quote Lee Corso, not so fast. <laughs> um, John Garrett mentioned Stuttgart. He thinks they're top four. Who is your top four in the league this year? Who's got does Leverkusen have staying power, or are they going to fall off? Uh, Leverkusen? No, yeah, come on, they're 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 not dropping any anytime soon. I mean, they're not dropping top four. I think they're no, taking it off. I, I I mean, we're going to find out real soon, aren't we? Um, but <laughs> yeah, this weekend. But I I think they do. I think they're playing amazing football right now. I think Leverkusen stay. I I, I hope at least this might be a little anti Bayern thoughts in my mind. No, I, I think my top four, obviously Leverkusen, Bayern, they're not falling. The way that, that Stuttgart is playing is, is really, really nice. It's not just their attackers that are playing well. The whole team is playing well. But obviously, Dennis Undov has really blossomed as well. I mean, he was amazing at Union Saint-Gilles as well before joining Brighton. So it's no surprise that he can score and now it looks like he's going to get a call up to the German national team. And then with them getting Girassi back, I think that they're going to hold on to that third spot. I think we have a possibility of getting that fourth spot just because I think Dortmund and Leipzig have their issues. But I think that Leipzig will probably end up in that fourth spot. It depends which version, version of us decides to show it, it, up. It very, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll go um, Leipzig over Dortmund yep. just because I feel like Dortmund's been so inconsistent lately and they're due another rough spell. They they just have so many defensive issues. Uh, if, if it weren't for Gregor Kobel, they would be much further down the table, I think. Right. So let's look down to the bottom of the table and see what kind of assistance we gave Cologne in the relegation fight. <laughs> uh, Darmstadt and Mines are... Currently tied at the bottom of the table on points, uh, but Mines has 10 <laughs> less uh, points to make up in the goal differential. They're sitting pretty comfortable ahead of Darmstadt there, um, at least as far as goal differential is concerned. Now, we help Cologne out a lot, um, giving them three easy points. Uh, they bumped up 15 points, which are only two behind Union Berlin, who's 
you know, somehow sticking around, they've picked up points in three of their last five, which is, you know, better given the way that things started for them. I'm not convinced they're safe yet. I know they're kind of finding their legs again, but they got a long way to go still. Um, and they got mine son Wednesday, yep. so that'll be interesting for them. Yeah, huge, yeah, exactly. huge game for for that huge relegation six pointer. Yep. That, that that can really change yep. the whole dynamic of that relegation race. Yeah, and you know, there's a little bit of a gap behind or ahead of them uh, with Balcom in 14th at 21 points. Uh, certainly, at least Cologne and Berlin can get up there to 14, but they got a lot of work to do. And you know, if Mines pulls that off in the week, it could just turn everything around for Union Berlin just as fast as it started to look good for a bit. So that's going to be kind of interesting. We'll talk about other matches happening on the weekend in a little bit. Um, let's talk about the transfer window one more time. I know we did it a lot in the last few weeks, but now that we got just a taste uh, of our, our incoming players, uh, the ones we got earlier in the window have had a few matches under them. Did we miss, especially looking at our defensive situation and Smolchich being a smoldering dumpster fire, uh, did we miss out by not bringing in another defender? Well, Either one of you want to take that. So we, we had an opportunity to, to a certain extent. You know, we've got this guy, Aral Amenda, coming in in the summer from uh, Bern, uh, Young Boys. And he's a right-footed defender, so he'd be more backup for, for Tuta. But um, unfortunately, they were not able to find a replacement in time. So we weren't able to, uh, to sign him this winter. We'll have him in the summer. And other than that, I think possibly, and I think that especially against a side like Cologne, um, Dino probably thought, all right, let me put Smolcic in there and, and see how he does. Um, he really should have subbed him at halftime, put Hasebi in there in the middle and put cock out to the left. I think we have some depth there, but we're definitely, definitely thin for sure. Um, Garrett, when you look at the way we're built for the Rook Runner here, is there, as I just lost our uh, schedule coming up, (laughs) is there a point here where we should panic? If we look, let's say um, four weeks ahead, we get back into Europe here, in 10 days time and we got difficult matches freiburg wolfsburg heidenheim um nothing's a given with this group and we know this we've been doing this long enough um with our recent struggles against balkum i can't believe i'm saying that uh how concerned do i need to be if i'm saying hey where are the goals coming from because if we go back and look um yeah, we've taken some points. We beat Leipzig. We beat Mainz by one one zero scores each. But we haven't scored more than two goals going back to the Bayern, um, the knockout blow to them on December 9th. So it's been two full calendar months since we scored more than two goals. At what point do I start to panic offensively? I think we need to see how... This Balkan matches because you've mentioned it. They're they've been a real pain in the ass for us to play since they've been promoted back up. Um, one we've only won one time against them, um, going into our sixth matchup. But I think the thing is now with Marmush back, Kalajic, uh, Bohoya, Ekatike, uh, we got a lot of finishers. Um, but now. Especially because I don't know what Donny Van de Beek's going to bring to us just because, you know, I think he's still struggling to find it. Granted, he hasn't had his opportunities, but I think it's concerning and you're kind of seeing why he may not have gotten the opportunities at United or in other places that he's been because, you know, it wasn't even a thought to be brought on on Saturday against Colm. Um, yeah. Now with the conference leagues, with the conference league rosters being announced and some that were left off probably we were going to probably see more of, you know, Hey, here's your UECL roster. Here's your Bundesliga rosters. Um, but you know, I think Marmush is coming back. I just need to see who's going to be, who's going to be the consistent creators. It can't just be Ferris Chayibi. Um, 
you know, on there to feed Marmush Kalajic on that. So Balkum will be the first thing. Obviously, we got Freiburg right after the Wolfsburg, Heidenheim, Hoffenheim, um, we got then Dortmund, Union. Um, that's like our next run of matches in the league. Uh, but then you got two very tough Union St. Gallese ties. Um, and, you know, they're tops in the Belgian league. Um, they made incredible strides these last few years. Um, it ain't going to be easy. If anything, I would think we might be the underdog going into that match, the way things are. Um, so what I'm made- hearing is we have lots of pieces, but we don't have the quality to push the ball into that final third. We have finishers. We have a, yeah. a decent, decent defense uh, when we want to, but it's that middle ground that, you know, once you get the ball past the midline and you're working it into the box, are we just guessing or do we have an organized plan? We haven't moved the ball through the middle real well. Any successes right. we've had seem to be those low uh, worm burning crossers, which I don't mind. They've been effective for us. Uh, but that's not a way to make a living in this league. Um, John, at what point do I, I, I've learned my lesson. Don't get too upset about the highs or the lows here. Don't get too excited for the highs. Don't get too upset about the lows. But if the worst is to happen against Balcom, should I set my hair on fire? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's going to take a little bit of time, unfortunately, which sucks, which sucks because we don't have the time. But I, honestly really believe in Hugo Ekatike and I think that he can be that guy. I see a lot of RKM in him, especially watching what he did at Ream a couple years ago. He I, I think he can move the ball forward himself and and you know lay off with other guys. And I think especially having Marmouche back, um, he'll be able to advance the ball really well. I, I think we'll be able to figure it out. I just hope that we can figure it out in time to progress in, in the UECL because obviously USG has been insane. I mean, they're leading the Belgian league by what, 11, 12 points or some, something like that. It's, it's insane. And there's been, and there's heavy hitters in that Belgian league. Anderlecht, yep. uh, Club Brugge, Stander Liega. Antwerp. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there's, so the fact that they're doing that's an imp- really impressive. And, um, no, you know, that's the thing they have, shared ownership sort of with Brighton, right? I think. Um, I think that's the case. Yeah. yeah. So, and obviously Brighton's shown to, to be able to scout really well. So, so they, and they, they've been able to bring I don't in. need to be reminded about that from there, from <laughs> yeah. what happened on Saturday morning for Palace. <laughs> yeah. No, they've, they've been really, really impressive. And I think it's funny how Phil Bonnie and Patrick Ovumayela were talking about us being able to replace the big hitters in the teams. But USG has, has especially been able to do that, you know, yeah. over yeah. the past few years. But to get there, we got to get through some other matches first. Uh, so let's get right into our previews here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it in the most uh, calendar-friendly way. Let's start with Thursday, February 8th. Eintracht Frankfurt Frauen against Freiburg. That's a DFB-Pokal round of 16 match. Uh, it was delayed because of weather. And were there two delays? I, no, that was the first delay. Um, there have been a lot of weather matches this year with crazy weather in Germany on match days. But, um, yeah, this one was rescheduled. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. The only Frauen-Pokal match of the day, it is at home, uh, which is going to be good for the match we talk about for the Frauen after this one. Um, but uh, certainly a familiar opponent. Uh, Freiburg, uh, uh, Bundesliga first division teams currently sitting at eighth, um, 15 points. I guess we can look at this kind of like a league match, even though there's league standings. Uh, their recent run of form, two wins out of the last five points out of three of them. Um, I don't have a lot on Freiburg. I've only seen them once this year and that's when, when we played against them, but I'm looking more at us, uh, just rocking and rolling right now. I think we're, we're in a position to put up a lot of goals in this one. Um, I don't have a lot of breakdown. I don't know what the lineup's going to look like because the bigger match is the one that comes Sunday morning. Um, but pencil me in for a nice, comfortable three to one victory. Early's goal, early goals, goals around. And, you know, maybe we can get back into that rotation thing that we did against Rosengard too. Uh, either one of you. 
Uh, John, you go, and then I'll go. All right. Well, I guess one thing I want to say is, is if we're going to talk about a diva, Freiburg sure seems like the diva in the Frauen Bundesliga this year because their first two games draws against the best and worst teams in the league. You know, they've beaten Hoffenheim. They've, they've lost to Nuremberg. It's, uh, who, you really know, never know what to expect out of this team. But I think um, Marie Mueller being uh, poached by the NWSL really hurts them. And I think we're definitely a better team than them. I don't want to be too high and mighty, but I, I do think that we'll, we'll win. I'll, I'll, I was going to say 3-1 to one as well, but uh, I'll say 2-1. to one. Who knows what uh, some of our players who have been sick recently will be like when they return. So I'll go with a nice 2-1 to one victory. Yeah. You know, I think th- three in a row in all competitions because we, we grinded out that win on Sunday against Essen. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get a clean sheet against them too is, impre- is there. Now, 1-0, 5-0, 1-0, the three on there. Uh, we 4 nailed Freiburg earlier. I think even, they're going to come in with that in their mind and know that the Freiburg don't want that to happen again. I think that could benefit us in a way. Um, I don't think we'll get four on Thursday because I think, Chris, you mentioned it. We got Vols- we're going to have mm-hmm. one eye on Wolfsburg for Sunday. Um, I am going to go. I'm not going clean sheet. Um, fuck. Uh, I'll go. I'll go three one. Also, um, Martinez, Achikaz, Grevo. Those are my goal scores. If she scores three in a row, <laughs> um, I'm buying the jersey. I don't care. Like that. That would be a ridiculous way to start your career. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially having having three goals in three different competitions. Um, <laughs> that would have to be some sort of record. That'd be pretty cool. Um, that would be yeah. Looking yeah. ahead is certainly uh, certainly a little bit of a concern for me. We'll get into that next one later. Um, probably with you know what's on the line right now. Switching back to the men's side, the one that scares me the most, and that's saying a lot given the Frauen match on Sunday. But the one that scares me the most is this matchup against Bauckham, uh That is Saturday, February 10, 9.30 in the Eastern time zone here in the States, the traditional 15.30 in Central Europe. Um, Balcom sitting at 14. We talked about them a little bit. They're relatively safe right now. Um, but they don't score a lot of goals. Uh, that's something we have to exploit sitting on 22 goals for the season. But for some reason, Garrett, they always give us their best punch. Uh, should we expect that exact same thing again, or are they too beat up? I do not like playing Balkum, <laughs> period, um, because they've they've burned our ass the last couple of years. Um, I think the game in September was our best game we played against them, but we didn't do enough to pull it away, and then we had the um, – was it the hand – did we have a handball, and then they buried a penalty? Is that what it was for the equalizer? Um, but you know they're on, they've they started off the year incredibly rough. Found a way to pull out of it. They got a little bit of a comfortable gap. Um, they have a dear they have a dear favorite of mine <laughs> uh, playing for them and Mister Paciencia. Um, but I need this is going to be a sign of maybe what to expect. Uh, of the side of Dino Topmuller's the second half is how do you respond after and Cole was not just bad it's the second time year in a row that we've gone to Cole last year was 3-0 this year was 2-0 although this one was even worse because we had two reds um, <laughs> what how is this team going to wake up is this going to be like what happened after the Sarbroken match when they went in playing against Bayern and, you know, just played like world beaters that day? Or is this going to be the side that, you know, is going to limp in and have and struggle to find themselves a little bit? I don't know what to expect. I really don't. Um, I'm going to hold off on predictions. I want to get everyone's thoughts first, and then we'll go from there. John? Yeah, well, normally I'm not the bearer of positivity, but in this case, I think I am because both (laughs) of them, is very a very tough team to play, but they're very tough to play at home. Now I realize we haven't played them well anywhere, but you know their their big losses this year have all been away, and we're facing them at home, so they're away. I think we have the possibility 
to put up some goals against them. I don't think it's going to be many. Um, obviously, they will have Takuma Asano back from the Asian Cup, and he's definitely one of my favorite players to watch in the Bundesliga right now. Very exciting. And, and Paciencia has bagged a few goals for them. Um, and yes, Garrett, there, there was that penalty um, that Kevin Stoger buried um, that did give them the tie against us earlier in the year. But no, I, I think because we're playing them at home, we, we definitely have a chance. I'll go 2-1 to one, Frankfurt. Can't ever predict a clean sheet, you know. And uh, give me a Bembe no, and a TK. Uh, it worries me a little bit uh, that they have a former on-track player <laughs> who, you know, is is a dear, lovable human in our hearts, uh, Paciencia, right? But um, <laughs> I really struggle the way Ali Du did what he did. <laughs> and, you know, we just, for some reason, it seems to be our thing. And I'm sure every fans of every team say that. Uh, but it always scares me. Um, I'm going to say a 1-1 one, one draw. Uh, I like the Ekatike call. But at the same time, i got to see more from our offense before I start predicting more goals. I'd love to be wrong. Give me a 2-1, 3-1. But for right now, I think it's just going to be one and fight to live another day. And hopefully our heads stay on straight going back into Euro- European competition. Garrett, what's your prediction? <sighs> So the last, the one time we beat Bauckham since we were up, Chris, you and I were in Austin. We went, yeah. we drove from San Antonio. We got torchies on the way. Um, we don't have a torchies here in Michigan. Indianapolis, so five hours. Um, so I'm going to have to hit Del Taco's <laughs> breakfast up or Wendy's breakfast up. Um, 2-1 was the final then. 2-1's going to, I'm predicting 2-1 to the final for us. I think we're, you know what? I think we'll fall behind in this one. Um, but I think we'll find a way to grind it out. Um, not going Kalajic because it hasn't happened the last couple games, so I'll take some pressure off of him. Um, hmm. All right, so John, you went Ekatike uh, Mbembe. I don't think Bahoya is going to start. So, provided Marmush is healthy, he gets one as his welcome home. And Isgar Knuff. You know, I, I think if both of them score, I'm, I'm totally on board with a victory because getting those guys going again, our best recent form was when Knauf was playing well. I think he's a, a X factor that we really need to get going again. Um, I think the big X factor, right, is going to be Marmouche. Is he healthy? You know, what's he dealing with? He's been in Egypt for a while now since uh, the end of the African Covenant, or since their journey ended in AFCON. Um, you know, how, how is he going to be feeling? Is he going to be ready to start? If he's ready to start, I don't see how we, how we lose that game, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's a big, big X factor. All right, so we got three wins on the or two wins and a draw on the board here. Uh, I reserve the right to change mine because <laughs> I get to make the rules. <laughs> so uh, one more wa- match on the weekend to take a look at. I did skip over uh, the Frauen match over this past weekend um, because the Google Pixel Frauen Bundesliga corporate name nonsense and the federation and the U.S. rights holders decided that we shouldn't be allowed to see it here in the States. Uh, so I'm not really going to talk about it. I didn't see it. <laughs> so Dorsun scored a nice goal off of a off of a little work in the mixing bowl after a, a free kick. And, you know, good for them. Got the job done. Three points in the league. Probably tougher than we wanted it to be to get. Um, but neither none of the three of us had a chance to see it. So we didn't have a lot be to talk better, about. Dizon. Be better, Dazon. Be better. Be better. Um, and they can be better. They will be better because this Sunday, uh, the premier match in the Frauen Bundesliga this week, uh, hits the second place Wolfsburg and, uh, third place Eintracht Frankfurt. This one will be in the big stadium, stadium, um, in Wolfsburg, the Volkswagen Arena. I believe it's sold out. Uh, I was looking earlier. Tickets were sporadic. Um, this is wild because we're playing fantastic form in the league and Wolfsburg dropped points on the weekend, which kind of gave us a shot. 
you know, we have a shot to jump up into that top two. We could tie them on points with a win this weekend. Um, it might be fair to say this is the biggest Bundesliga match of the new uh, Eintracht Frankfurt era here. Um, post-merger with what's on the table with the second place qualification going into the second half here. If we can take three points on the road against this Wolfsburg team, it gives us all the momentum in the world going forward. Too optimistic or is Wolfsburg too good? John. Oh, that's a tough one. I think Wolfsburg is <laughs> too good. They're not playing to their potential this year for sure. Um, and I think that they really should be playing some certain younger players a little bit more, like uh, Sven Dijon's daughter or uh, Eula Brandt. But um, they're still such an insane team. I... I mean, look, you know, the last time we played them in a big arena, we kicked their ass. So I hope yeah. we do it again. We've we've been really good since, you know, the, the restart in the year. So I don't know if a win is in the cards, but, uh, you know, I'd predict a 1-1 draw. I think our defense is, has been, despite being limited, has been really, really good this year. And going on the road in that environment and pulling out a draw, would be a fantastic result, if we're being honest. Absolutely. When we played Wolfsburg earlier in the year, we had two leads against them. But then when they score goal, when Wolfsburg score goals, they score them in waves. And that's what that second half was against us. Um, you know, we've allowed 11 in the league. Wolfsburg have only allowed nine. Bayern have allowed the fewest at four. Um, Chris, you're saying that this is, I agree with you that this is the biggest match now, but I think it's only going to be the biggest match for a month until we play Bayern on March 10th. Um, because we have to get something out of this with a draw or a win. We got to get something out of this. If this season can be, is to be what this team wants it to be. Um, they're playing great. You know, they started off the season with two losses to Essen and to and Wolfsburg and then have gone 10 in the league, eight wins and two draws. They avenged the earlier defeat to Essen this past Sunday. Um, they avenge the loss against Wolfsburg earlier in the year, this Sunday morning. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be rough. It's 2-1 to the Adler. Um, uh, goal scores. Dunst and Prajnikar. I forgot to give mine, but I was going to go Barbara Dunst as well. She's been our best player this year, and uh, I think she brings it against Wolfsburg. Yeah. If Barbara Dunst is on the score sheet on tracks winning, uh, that's just... is. I mean, that's just the way things have gone this season. Um, name I'm looking out for, Meryl Fromes. Uh, <laughs> she knows our attack. Yep. She knows who plays well on what foot, on what angles. Um, she's a student of shooters, and that's why she was so good for us. Um, I want to get after her early with a lot of shots, and particularly shots from long range and just scoop up rebounds. I don't care how far the shots are. As long as we've got bodies that are attacking the net and picking up the trash in front, uh, it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be gritty. And that's the way they're going to win it this weekend. Uh, I think Eintracht Frankfurt is going to go into Wolfsburg and get a two to one victory. And it's going to be on the foot, um, or feet, I should say, of Nicole Anyomi. Uh, even though she's still, She's still producing. It's been very quiet relative to what it was earlier in the year. Um, but I think her speed, uh, I think the best way to beat Wolfsburg is to stay on the attack. If they're going to score, if they're going to have opportunities, they're going to have to go the full length of the pitch. The thing is, they've got a lot of speed and creativity. So I don't want to get caught pushing too far. We have to keep our shape. We have to keep organized. But if we can just get down there and shoot, shoot, shoot and clean up rebounds, get some lucky, you know, bounces in front of the goal. I think we have the legs to do it here and we do it by a two to one score. 
And then, Garrett, then we can talk about that matchup against Bayern because that's the point where, hey, anything can happen. Um, The goal is finish second in the table this year. That was my goal. I know everyone wants the title. I thought we were in it early. We might have, you know, squandered that opportunity early. But if we win this one, all bets are back on with the schedule that's in front of us. Um, I really think the opportunity is there. So. I have, um, uh, I have like two more things I wanted to, to touch yeah, on real quickly. Fire. One, I, I love your point about, you know, actually shooting on net because that's been such an issue with us recently, right? And especially in that Barcelona game when we're the team that are the underdogs, we got to take our shots. And, and that's definitely been something that we haven't done this year so far. And I really think, you know, if, if we're going to really challenge, that's something we need to do. And that's something that I hope Nico drills into the team going into this game. And also, Wolfsburg weakness, it's their defensive line. And yeah. if, if we can really attack it, I, I, think we, I think we can do something in this game. One of our yep. best strengths about this team this year for us is the ability when we win balls in midfield in our transition game mm-hmm. and we spread defenses thin, yep. spread them out, get players in wide with the midfield and out, I think if we get a chance to start doing that and we start running and you get a couple people running, you got to go at them. Yep. And I think, but it's win the battles in midfield to get there. And and that's where this I think group that might get have, beat, but they're not, this group might get beat, but they're not going to get bullied around. Um, they're beyond that point in their development. Go ahead, yeah. John. No, I was going to say, I think to, to Garrett's point, I think that's one area that having Lozana Grave in over Tanya Pavlek is I mean, unfortunately, Pavlik is out for the reason that she is. But, but having Grave in like that speed to, you know, to be able to to get the ball back and transition quickly, um, her being in that sixth position, I think, gives us a much better ability to start that breakup quickly and and her ability to bring the ball up the field. Now, as long as she passes it rather than uh, shoots from a terrible terrible angle, is is another question. So did we talk? You she into also frees Praz- She also frees Reutler up a bit yes. too in that position too. I think absolutely. John, did we talk you into changing your prediction? No, I'm still going one to one. I uh, <laughs> I, I think I think Merla Franz is probably a little too good for us. Uh, she's incredible and knows us, so <laughs> I have my doubts. Uh, she hasn't seen the Atchikost wins yet. That's very well in training, but yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yep, just saying. Yep. All right, so man, this was fun. We're gonna do this again, John. Um, Oh, yeah. Where can people find you around the social media? Uh, again, you're on our Discord, which is tons of fun. We invite people to join there. But anywhere else pe- people can find you? Yeah, so obviously on Discord, it's uh, Jandals33. Um, if anyone wants to hear expletive-filled rants about mostly Frankfurt, but other sports and all, you can follow my Twitter at Ben underscore JBen. That's uh, Ben with two N's. Or on a TikTok at Jandals069. Or if you want the uh, the tame experience, you can follow my uh, Instagram, JohnBen33. I don't want tame. I want all the hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why what the other two better. <laughs> all right, you can find me uh, Twitter, Instagram, Discord at GM Comats. Um, any ends uh, for our side takes interested in uh, local America, uh, local lower league American soccer at four five one det um and uh, TMS NX Detroit I believe for the majors Detroit um no watch parties this weekend y'all I don't want to do a watch party and lose like <laughs> we did in Colm so week off for this one um Detroit SKA uh. On the Twitter, uh, we'll keep people in the loop as well, and maybe some other things down the line. Garrett, you got more handles than a liquor store. I'm really <laughs> impressed how you keep that organized. <laughs> and uh, you can find me, Chris Monroe, on Peloton Discord, Twitter at C in the D313, and at Chris and Monroe on Instagram. Uh, of course, you can follow the show, uh, Hey on Track Frankfurt on Instagram, uh, at HalfPod on Twitter. Uh, all the other ones, they're all out there. Run all of them now. We're working on a YouTube page so we can do more streaming opportunities there, some short format work as well. Uh, you can find all of our social media links at hefpod.com, hefpod.com. Um, as always, we thank Nathan, our producer in St. Louis. Outstanding work. 
and having the patience to deal with our horrible audio, the spilling of <laughs> beer that I just did in the middle of this episode. Um, Nathan also does our show art. He's a fantastic artist. We appreciate that. And of course, Miles, um, who designed our HalfPod logo and wordmark, uh, which will be coming out on more merch. I'm trying to organize that. I love giving that stuff away. Um, we're going to do that again this spring once I have a little bit of time to breathe. Um, so, yeah, we thank everyone for tuning in to episode 302 of Hey on Track Frankfurt. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next week to recap these matches. Look forward to the next ones in episode 303. Until next time, choose. Yeah, you went to work early. That's how bad it was. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, la 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 la. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, la 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 la.